college science classes are a kick in the teeth. Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Natural Science Daily. First of all, if the audio is sounding just a little bit wonkier than it usually does, that is because I am at my parents' house doing the editing for this episode and recording intro and final thoughts, and I forgot my normal microphone, so I'm using some headphones and a different setup. So bear with me, the entire episode does not sound different. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode talking with the Unity and UMaine students, just to kind of get an understanding of what... these people are actually dealing with. Like, you can watch all the news articles you want, but until you live through it or hear or know someone that is dealing with having to have their last year of college pretty much canceled, it's it, it's interesting to hear, and it's honestly kind of heartbreaking. And it may not have been a typical episode that you guys expected me to put out. It's not the normal content, but I think it's important and it matters. And I hope you guys still take the time to listen to it and really take something from it. This week is kind of similar. I will not like super pandemic focus, but instead of just talking to one person about their research, I sit down with with my high school AP bio teacher, Holly Tripp. So you may be wondering, Kelby, you're graduated. You have like a real job. Why are you bringing back your high school teacher? Well, this woman was super instrumental in getting my science career kicked off. I had her my last year of high school, and we were in AP Bio, and it was probably one of the hardest classes I took. I mean, it was one of the hardest classes I took in high school, but I don't think about that part. I think about the fact that I had a teacher that pushed me every single day to do my best and to not over-worry and over-stress about the grade, but just be like, understand that you're you're going to be fine. And the amount of times that this woman reminded me that I am going to do it. I am going to make it to be a successful professional in the wildlife career really just got me through my last year to start college. Like, yeah, high school student high school teachers are supposed to be encouraging and uplifting to all students, but she just always went above and beyond for all of her students, but it definitely made a difference and I think if I hadn't had her as a teacher my senior year, I probably wouldn't be in the exact same position I am today. So, with that being said, I wanted to bring her back and let you all get to experience and meet Trip, so that you can learn something and take something. And this episode, we kind of go into a lot of conversation about what it's like to transition from high school to college and just that kind of thing. And we touch on other topics, but I Hope that if you are recently in college or if you're going into college or you have someone in your life that is going from high school to college that you you take this and you take something from it and you show it to them because I think it's super beneficial and I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. So with that being said, let's sit back and get started. All right, guys. So I am here with my old science teacher from high school, <laughs> past high school science teacher, Holly Tripp. Um... I just call her Trip. Um, I went on a rant to Jack, my boyfriend, the other day because I was like getting ready for this and like thinking about how I want to do it. And I was like, do I call her Holly? I feel like I don't really like. I can call her Holly, but I just feel like she's it's Trip. It's not. You call me so, um, whatever you want. And then I was like, do people call her Holly? Yeah, they probably call her Holly. That's her name. That would make sense. And I was like, I don't know. But it just yeah. So I went on that little rant. It's just my family. And probably my best friend that call me Holly. I don't respond to it at school. Choke send me 
our the physics teacher sent me a like an Instagram thing yesterday that was like everyone has those colleagues that they only call by their last name because if he calls me Holly I'm like are you mad at me <laughs> what's happening <laughs> why are you so angry my uh my boss called me Keld the other day and she's like how you doing Keld and she was like I'm so sorry and I was like it's okay <laughs> you're good you're allowed to call me Keld oh <sighs> But, so, my first question I have, because you're a science teacher, and that's why I'm having you on the podcast, why did you decide to go into science for teaching? Like, of all the things, why did you choose that? Um, okay, so this is going to sound, this is going to sound like not passionate, but I'm going to tell you the honest truth. All right. Um, so, when I was in high school, I was, like, a pretty good student, like, a little bit nerdy, like, played the alto sax, but, like, a pretty good student. Um math wasn't my jammiest jam but you know I could add stuff um but I had these I had a a married couple pair of teachers who were like my absolute favorite so they were the Beardsleys and so Mr. Beardsley was my sophomore English teacher Mrs. Beardsley was my biology teacher and then as seniors I took another English class with Mr. Beardsley and then I took anatomy and physiology with Mrs. Beardsley and I love them so much and I babysat for them and they were like my idols I miss them they're like (laughs) people so I applied to UMaine Farmington. I wanted to be a teacher. I knew that. And I remember this is, <clears throat> I really am your old teacher. Like this is back in the day where you filled out the application on paper. <laughs> and so like at the very bottom line, it was like, what is your intended major? And I'm like, okay, secondary ed, knew I wanted to teach high school, no big deal. And then I literally just sat there and stared at the paper. And I'm like, I, I didn't want it to be socialized. It was basically between English and science. And I was like, there's so much writing in, in English. Hashtag, there's also a ton of writing in science. So, like, I was wrong. But there's a ton of writing in English. I don't think that would be super fun. I love biology. I love that. Plus, there was a very, there was a shortage of science teachers. And I was like, I'll freaking get a job. Secondary at bio. (laughs) And I sent it in. And I had, like, zero regrets. I think I was prepared. But, like, you know, college science classes are a kick in the tea. Yeah. And so it was definitely a wake-up call. There were a lot of people in my, like, cohort that maybe started off as secondary sciences and then, like, went to elementary sciences or just chose something else because it was so hard. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't know. I just, I loved it a lot. And I was, like... I'm fairly curious. I like to figure stuff out. So I think it was a good fit. But I do have to say that <laughs> I did sit there and go, hmm, which one would get me a job? <laughs> eeny, meeny, miny, think Exactly, yeah. That's, I think it's an important thing. Like, yeah, you should like what you want to do. But, like, if you can't get a job, that, yeah. that's hard. Yeah. And I, I definitely grew into it. Like, I, it, like, you know, well, you're like the most curious person on the planet and like you were born to do this and I've been yelling that at you and your parents since I met you. But, um, I do think that like, uh, I got like the permission to like, I don't know, get curious, figure stuff out, design stuff like that did kind of blossom into like a love of science for sure. I can't imagine being another kind of teacher. That's good. I like that. <laughs> yeah. <it is> good. <laughs> did, have you only ever taught at Erskine or has there been other schools? Um, so with the way that my graduation plan worked, they didn't offer microbiology at a certain time. So everyone in my group had to go an extra semester. Uh, the humane system has since changed that and done the four by four and they'll pay for your extra semester. They didn't do that when I was there. So, um, (laughs) I technically, I graduated in December because I student taught in the fall at Skowhegan High School. And so 
I was kind of like not up a creek, but I had to do something for the spring semester to get me to a new school year. Mm-hmm. And so I was at UMF. So um, Mount Blue High School had a an opening for an earth science teacher, which I had no earth science <laughs> <laughs> um, experience at all. But I had done some practicum there, and I, I liked the school. So I went and taught there. Um, I think it was mostly just freshmen for like from January to the end of school, June. And then I applied to one school to work at. Um, Mrs. Haskell and I were friends in college and she had gone to Erskine and she was teaching Erskine. And so that fall, she was like the, like the year before she was like, Mr. Holmes is getting done. You have to apply. And so (laughs) I had it all ready and I finally sent it in and I applied to one job and I did an interview and I got it. Awesome. That's what we it's like here. Yeah. It's the best place to work. I'm for sure serious about that. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. I like the high school a lot, and I've talked about it quite a few times just because, like, we get a lot of opportunities. Like, yeah, high schools, like, are supposed to kind of, like, broaden your, like, what you're interested in. But, like, I, there, I got a lot of opportunities that I didn't really expect to, like, make a difference. But, like, I use the stuff I use in Mr. Barden's shop class all the time, which, like, at the time, I just took it because, like, Paige and Alex were friends, and I knew Mr. B really well, and I was like, well, I'm a senior. I might as well just take something. This will be fine. Right. But, like, building stuff is important. <laughs> as an adult, I have, like, so many regrets about not taking a class like that. I think we should just merge all of that. I mean, I know it's called, like, it's we don't call it home ec. It's called something else. But we have all those classes still, and I think it should be under the umbrella of, like, adulting. Right. I, do, I think it's so crucial. So, yeah, I love that we still offer that stuff. So you, do you want to kind of talk about what you teach as a science teacher? Yeah. Like, is there a specific type of science? Like, I know, but like, you yeah. can explain um, it. So I'm certified in life science, which means I mostly just teach biology. Um, so I have sophomores with some freshmen, um, and I teach honors bio and tech prep bio. And then uh, every year, except for this year, I've taught AP bio. Took a break this year, which seems to work out because... Uh, I think it would have been hard in the time of of the Rona. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think I'll be teaching that again in the fall, however, whatever school looks like then. Um, So it's just, it's, it's basically biology. Live in the dream. (laughs) I am very glad I took that AP bio class with you because like, I knew it would be good because like I could just like get a class out of the way, but I didn't realize that at UMaine, bio 100 is 100% like a weed out class. So like, like, it's like, I think it's like 50% of the students just don't pass. The professor's name is Farad Dastur, and like, he just talks a lot, and there's a lot of material, and he asks really obscure questions during his exams, and like, I had to take him for Bio 200, but like, it wasn't as bad, and I just know so many of my friends that were also in like, wildlife classes were like, struggling, so I was like... I just, I took it with trip and it was pretty chill. Um, I think it's like, it's the right kick in the teeth that you need to like get ready because I yeah. really, I cannot get over how shocked I was when I got to college and I was like, oh, science is like, this is hard. Yeah. I think I always, cause like, like the grades are usually worse at the first parent teacher conferences and the parents come in of these, like, it's usually seniors and their eyes are huge and their kid has never gotten less than a 94.7. And I'm like, okay. We just took the first step. I test. I need you to breathe. They're learning how to take the class. The material's hard. It will get better. Like, mm-hmm. it's fine. Plus, they will be ready for college. And that's the only guarantee. I don't care what kids' grades are. I don't care if they pass the AP test. I hope that they do. Like, I want every success for you guys. But it's really just about, like, are these kids going to be ready for the next year? And so the things that make me feel good, like, 
I don't care about AP scores. Usually I'm like, oh my God, that kid passed. That's awesome. But I do like, like the responses back when a kid is like elbow deep in bio 100 Mm -hmm. and they're, they're emailing me from their class and they're like, everyone else is crying, but this is so easy. Like, that's the thing that makes me feel good because it's better for students to struggle. I think when they're home with their parents and they're like still getting their laundry done and they can shower without shoes on and they have food there than like going off and doing the whole social transition to college and getting their teeth kicked in by bio 100 100 like i remember my first semester i just took like a basic chem class that was like painfully easy because we have to like the curriculum's changed for wildlife now but like we didn't have to take physics and it was just like little baby chemistry it's like baby biochemistry for losers and it's like the most simple thing on the planet and then they're like you're good have a nice life so like we take that sophomore year but because I took bio 100 they just like had me take that my freshman year which was like kind of a struggle because I was like learning how to take science to college students but then for (laughs) pre-calc they threw me there all the pre-calc classes were full so they threw me into engineering pre-calc so it was like baby calculus but it counts as pre-calc because they're like that's all we have here you go that's just rude and I I totally I didn't I failed that class so bad but like I'm glad I didn't have to like deal with that in bio because I was like I would not have been able to handle that like it's just such a learning curve just like how to be in college so definitely definitely recommend taking like those AP classes for students that are listening that may be in high school still just because like it's just you don't under you don't really expect you're like I'm gonna go to college I'm gonna be an independent person and I'm gonna do whatever I want and it's just like yes you can um also you're gonna cry a lot and then October hits and your classes are really hard and you miss your family and you miss your friends and like so and so did this thing to you and you're like so sad and you also have to write like 45 page papers about like it <laughs> and it's like I can't do this I oh my it. god I and it's really, it's also, I think grade adjustment is really important. Like, I wanted you guys to get excited about getting a high 70 or an 80 on a test because that is, like, that is college. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't like the, like, C's get degrees mentality. I do think you should try to, like, especially in your field, I do think you should try to, like, master the subject and, like, be proficient. But the, uh, you cannot expect to get a 98 on everything. And mm-hmm. that is kind of what students are trained for and then they get into these high level classes and it's like not only is it really hard and stressing them out but like oh no my grades are low and that's like another like I don't know infraction on their soul like Mm -hmm. they can't handle it and I think like thinking back on it now one thing that I'm salty about from like my first year of college that I didn't know is I didn't know you could withdraw from classes like I didn't know that was a thing and like I probably should have done that like with that pre-cut class and stuff but like so I was just like, oh my god, I'm going to have to retake a class. My parents are going to be so mad. My parents didn't give a shit. Yeah. Um, but. <laughs> to think that. Like, I'm letting everyone down. What do I do? Right. And it's just like, the amount of people that, even, like, one class in a semester is not going to ruin your entire life. Like, it is so normal now to not do college in just four years. And I feel yeah. like that's something that should, like, I mean, I think it's something to aspire to, but I don't think it's something that should be completely normalized because I feel like college out of everything is something that is very, like, you do it, like, you kind of make it your own. Yeah, it's an adventure, and you have to get through it to, like, be a person on the other side. Right. (laughs) Quest. 
and it does not look the same for everyone. I don't know. One time, Mrs. Stout uh, at in our guidance department was saying to me that she was talking to an alum maybe in the fall, and it was something along the lines of like you know needing to withdraw from a class or needing to find the registrar's office or something. And she looked at me and she's like these kids had to raise their hand and ask to go to the bathroom three months ago. And now they're like loose on a campus with the information's out there. I'm not saying that like, they're not telling you how to do stuff, but like we have fed students exactly what to do, when to do it, how to do it and all this stuff. And now they have to like go out on their own. I mean, with the distance learning that we're doing right now, I'm finding that like, we have allowed students to not read the directions for so long that when I send out homework or like an assignment, I will get questions that are like, so do I have to do this? And I'm like, read the paragraph I wrote to you. And it's like, I don't want to be a, a dink, but I'm like, okay, at some point we have to say, you need to read this and you can ask me a question to clarify, but you can't just ask me to tell you what to do. Right. That is ridiculous. That was one question I wanted to ask is, do you think like in the future, this could potentially help some students in where in college you have to kind of, I mean, yeah, you have teachers, but in college, a lot of it is like teaching it yourself and then asking clarifying questions. Do you think yeah. this will really help with that? Um, that's a good question. I think that, in the future, these students who have, like, gone through this distance learning thing, maybe not the elementary, but, like, on the probably the secondary ed level, um, I do think that they'll have something else to draw from more mm -hmm. independently, especially if they're going to college and, like, working on that. I do think it is not everyone's buying in at the same rate. Mm -hmm. um, not everyone's kind of doing the same level of work or, like, engaging the same. Um, it's just really – it's it's just heartbreaking. It's really sad to be a teacher right now yeah. and, like, not see your students. It's I heartbreaking. Bet. And, like, especially, like, some of these, like, I, after this, this afternoon, I'm doing an interview with, like, a panel of seniors in college um, that have now graduated, but it's just, I can't imagine even, like, just, like, having to be like, hey, so, like, how do you do labs and stuff now? Like, how have you been doing that? Um, well... It's interesting. I, when this started, like I, I, not to brag, <laughs> but being a biologist, I bet you're in the same boat. I saw this coming, not in like a huge way, but in early January when they're like, there's this disease that has like no cure and it's ripping through China. I was like, oh, that's coming. So I started buying like four soups every time I went to the grocery yeah. store and like thinking about like Corona. And so we had a meeting on maybe like the Thursday before we shut down. And it was very like, okay, can you just like ask your kids who has internet and like, we might shut down at some point. And then literally three days later on a Sunday night, it was just like, we're closed, which is nobody's fault. But I thought we had an extra week or two. And I had said to my kids, I was like, I think there will be a time when we are not together. Either I'm not here, you're not here, or we are not here. And a lot of them took textbooks home. And I, But even that, that wasn't mandatory. It was just like, you might want to grab this and bring it with you. And so for a couple weeks, we kind of did some general stuff. And then we talked about it. And with the state of Maine, like the <clears throat> the DOE was like, well, if you you have to understand about equity, like not all kids have Internet access. Yeah. Um, not everyone is, is living in a place that's conducive to learning so a lot of our students turn into like full-time babysitters or had to go out and get a job or all this stuff and so it's really hard to hold kids to 
a standard of like actively learning new stuff on their own. And so we kind of got the directive that you can't teach anything new. (laughs) And so, yeah. And so in biology, it's not like this is a series of skills here, Kelsey. Like, you know that it's like information. And so if you can't teach anything new, I'm like, uh, I don't, I, what do you I do? Don't know what to do. So, um, I had, you, you remember Mrs. Holmes, right? Oh yeah. Oh, the OG. <laughs> um, when I started teaching at Erskine, she gave me like a bunch of stuff. And in the piles of things that she gave me is this book called Project Wild. And I have a couple of copies. One is from 1983. The one that I'm using is from 1989. So very new. Um, yeah, and so it's something that um, I don't even I could find it, but it's something that a group put out that was basically designed around teaching like nature stuff to students, mm-hmm. and it's it's basically K through twelve. Some of it is like really young, and some of it you can change it to be older. And so I went through, and I was thinking, I was like, the thing that everyone has right now is the outdoors, so that's yeah. available. And so I basically came up with a bunch of assignments that was like okay interview an animal literally sit <laughs> and watch something and based on your observations write out an like a newspaper interview That's or awesome. like one of them was like insect investigation find three different environments in your lawn count bugs make a graph and then tell me which kind of environment is the best for bugs like it's I think it's good like a lot of kids are going like really deep and then some of them are just like beep boop beep boop I'm done mm-hmm. um but it has been a challenge to find things that everyone can do that are active, that are engaging for science, that they know how to do. Ah, oh, gosh, it has not been easy. I bet. But I'm kind of excited because it sounds like there could be a new little herd of naturalists coming out that are like, wow, wildlife I, is awesome. Yeah. yeah, I think that's true. I have an extra book and I was actually thinking of sending it to you because I have a feeling that at some point in your life you're going to turn into like someone who also does like little baby classes of science and Mm -hmm. I do think you'd really like it yeah it sounds awesome I never I just wrote it down um because I wait hold on let me grab it show it because it's so old it's very (laughs) I think it's hard to find too okay so it's yeah it's project wild and it's like for secondary school so it's just yeah, it's just, like, very old, but it has <laughs> so strange. And then there's also an aquatic version that I have. That was, like, yeah, you would love this. That's this awesome. Because not everyone has access to, like, a freshwater stream in their backyard. Right. So I couldn't do that. But, yeah, a lot of it was, like, here are 45 bird adaptations. Pick a bunch and design a bird and tell me where it would live. And then, like, draw me a picture. Or some people build them out of Legos. Is really oh, cool. my God, I love that. That's yeah, awesome. so I think it's good. I think it's okay. Yeah, that's awesome. That yeah. it, the the interview with an an animal makes me think of um, so one of my first wildlife classes, um, we had to just like go sit in the woods for forty five minutes, and they were like, draw a picture, take some notes on what you see. They're like, we don't care how good it is. Um, identify three species that are in the picture you drew, and like obviously like not everyone's an artist, but we, I could I ended up seeing that class later, and you could tell and be like. Um, you, this, this didn't actually happen, (laughs) but it's just, it just got people kind of interested. Like, I remember when I did it, there was this like weird little like orange gross, like neon fungus, um, on a log. And I was like, I, I never really thought about fungus in any way, shape or form till then. And I mean, I'm not like super into it now, but I was just like, it just sparks questions that you may not have known you had, which I like. Sure. 
For sure. And like, I keep sending out surveys to my kids, like, what are you enjoying? What are you struggling with? All this stuff. And I would say probably out of 60 surveys that I got back, only one kid was like, I hate going outside. <laughs> and I was like, well, <sighs> tough. Cause it's, that's what we're doing. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It was cool though. Yeah. I wonder if like, I'm just been thinking about like, even just furthering like my own education a lot. So I've been like, just like having little questions. And one of the things that I never realized was a skill until I was trying to learn things on my own, like after college is like being able to like read a scientific paper, like productively. And that's something that like I was thinking about the other day is like, yeah, you could like send like this resource and like a paper to kids and be like, learn from this or something. But like that you can do a lot with a paper and take nothing from it. Oh, you can read the same paragraph 47 times on the top bunk of your bed at 1 a.m. and be like, I'm never going to understand this. Right. It's true. And it's, it seems like a stupid skill to, like, I remember they talked about it in college and they were like, how do you read a scientific paper? And I definitely, like, got through because, like, at the time they weren't assigning, like, super hard things to comprehend at a senior level. But, like, thinking about it now, I was like, yeah, I definitely, there's some pointers that would have been helpful. Yeah. Sure. I don't know how you relay that. Even in AP Bio, there are some reading, like some real reading strategies. And in AP Bio, I made you guys do SQ3R one time, but yeah. the article was not hard. And so it's like, there are some, I think it takes a lifetime to learn how to do that. Actually, I think it takes writing a scientific paper to learn how to like really read one, actually. Yeah. And like the value of an abstract, but also you have to read more than that. And it's, they're just so dry. Like they're so boring. And at the high school level, it is real reading comprehension is not there. And so it's really hard to assign things like that. Yeah. And especially because like, I feel like in high school, we got more like generalized things. Like we all had to like read the same thing. So it's also hard because like some people may find it like more interesting than others, but like they all have to like gather stuff from it. And that's one thing I really liked in college. It was a, like, it was like, go find a paper that you're interested in and apply this to it kind of thing, which I really right. liked. Yeah, it's better. Obviously, it's better if you're intrigued and stuff. And that's that's one of the benefits of college is there's there's more freedom to kind of find your niche mm-hmm. and like really enjoy it. Boom, wildlife word. <laughs> We're just gonna like have like wildlife bingo like during the interview and be yeah. like, all right, checking that one off. <laughs> I love that. So next year, do you, are you gonna have the same students as this year? Like. You, you can't add more things right now to, like, what they're learning. So, like, are you going to have to, like, hand over the things that you they should have learned to, like, their next teacher and be like, please teach them? Or, like, how's that going to work? I think that we all have to come to an understanding that there's going to be a generation of students that have never done Punnett squares. Like, I think, yeah, I think we're just, like, moving forward. Um, and I don't think that's the end of the world. As a teacher who's, like, you know, following our curriculum and I know what happens every day. That was a little bit hard for me to let go of. Um, obviously there's no like state testing, um, that we're going for this year. And I think it's going to just be like, I bet we'll do state testing, but I think we'll be a little bit forgiven for the kids who are in school right now, because it would be really hard to assess my teaching on the time where I wasn't teaching. Did the SATs get skipped? Um, is that still a thing? Did that get skipped? There's there was no in person SAT this spring, which is that's what when it usually happens. 
And I think schools were just like, it's okay if you don't take the SATs. Mm-hmm. But I think the juniors this year, when we're finally able to be back together, I think the juniors will just take it in the fall. Okay. Um, but I think a lot of colleges were just like, we forgive you. That's it's okay. Good. Yeah. But the AP, like the AP test just happened. They changed the AP so that there was no, no multiple choice. And like, it was mostly that free response okay. section. You have to like do it online. But I think you had to, like, write it out, take pictures, and eat. I heard a lot of, like, shenanigans were happening, so I have no idea what that really looked like. Yeah. And I'm happy to not know. <laughs> I remember in – I used to just, like – I used to prefer um, multiple choice, like, answers in high school and be like, ah, it'll. I have a better chance of doing well here. Strategic. And then there was – a teacher that I had in college named Steve Coughlin, and this man is just, like, scary brilliant. He loves fish and also biophysical economics. Um oh, combo. Yes. And um, his favorite motto is, when in doubt, trout. Like, he can relate anything to a stream ecosystem and fish. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> he lives on, like, a little homestead with his wife, who's the, who was the state ap- apiarist, apiarist, the bee person. Apiarist. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he teaches a class that it's all like you get like sixty questions and you have to choose like four out of five here, six out of ten here, and he gives us all the exam like ahead of time, and like as a practice. And he was like, "Yeah, you can do whatever." He gives it to you a week in advance. Doesn't say anything. Doesn't say it's gonna be the exact same exam. He's just like, "Here you go. Here's what it could be." And like, if you do it ahead of time, like it's like super long answers and it's very written out. And it, I was just like so frustrated. I was like, this is so stupid. Like I, I can literally copy and paste like everything from his lectures for this. But if you didn't take the time to write it out and like do it, you did not finish in time in the class, but it definitely like going through the questions and remembering like what I had written down, like what the right answer was. Cause some of these you had to do like further research to answer properly. I learned so much in that class and retained a lot of it. And I definitely did better on the exams. And it was just like, I guess, like, yes, studying for a multiple choice, like, test better probably would have done, like, helped. But I just feel like I was forced to, like, regurgitate it so much more. And, yeah, there's repetition. Yeah. And, and it, when you put it in your own words, it becomes yours. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the other reason why I always did timed things in AP because of the test is timed. But, like, there are students out there that will sit on a test for hours and I'm like, listen, I love you, but if you don't know the answer by now, like, you don't know it. Right. I have to go to lunch, so give me your damn test. <laughs> and I understand that as a strategy, but, like, if you couldn't explain it in 45 minutes, like, you're never going to be able to explain it. Right. You have to have it, like, hand it over. And so I think that's something that students – I don't know if they can do that in other classes, but there's just – there comes a time where I'm like, no, you don't know it. And mm-hmm. so, like, putting a time limit, you really have to know your stuff to, like, get in there. I love yeah. it. And – having to admit that you don't know it definitely like made made at least me force myself to know more things because like uh one of my teachers in college that reminded me a lot of you her name is Lindsay Seward and she's just like (laughs) brilliant and all over the place and just also like is like all right how you doing you're really stressed and like tired (laughs) that's a bummer let's go do this thing yeah do work and she would also point out she'd be like so you don't know the thing right and I'm like you're right. So that would just like, I don't know, kind of force me because I didn't want to be like, yeah, I don't know this thing. And I think it's a hard realization to come to. But like, yeah, sometimes you got to put the work in. 100%. And also science is so broad that like, 
I think we need to acknowledge the fact that like no one is going to know everything. Because, so you have to understand that like you need to be able to adjust, find information, like just be adaptable. I don't know. It's it's. I think I would talk about this in your class, but like there are times when I would just get questions out of the blue and I'm like, okay, this is a fun game of like, what do I remember from biochemistry 12 years ago or, or like organic? I'm like, okay guys, I guess it's this because of X, Y, and Z. Let's look it up. Like mm-hmm. you have to, I think that's, that's another thing about students these days. Like they're so scared to be wrong because it's all about the grades mm-hmm. that like, I, it's like, you really have to train them to be like, this is a skill that you don't have. These are the things you need to do to work on it. You will improve. And the good students will do that. And the, the students that struggle are just like, man, I'm not going to do it. Right. It's like, well, I don't know how to help you. <laughs> I think um, one of the favorite pieces of advice I got in college um, was on a panel. Because, like, in high school, I was, like, the, honor, like, the, like, I was always on honor roll, except for that one semester of AP Bio. But, like, I always did fairly good I, in school. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I got to college, like, every other college student and was, like, I'm getting B's and C's and I'm working my ass off what is going on. Like, I'm, I'm never going to have a job. I'm going to do terrible. And then there was a grad student panel that they had at one of our, like, introductory wildlife courses. And we were asking questions about, like, how important are grades? Because at that point we were all in, like, our first classes and we're all, like, failing miserably. And this one um, girl that she was a PhD student doing, um, like, herp stuff, like, with, like, salamanders and things. And she was like, if I look at someone's resume and they have a lot of B's and C's, but I can see it's probably because they were up late last night out at a vernal pool or like in the field. She was like, I'm going to want that person more than like someone who only has ever gotten A's and has never touched the field in their life. And I very much took that to heart because I was like, I know I'm not going to graduate with a 4.0, but if I can at least go out in the field and show that like I'm a good and like I'm good at what I do it may not look like that if you only look at my grades like that was something that I really liked from college that I was like okay I may not get a 4.0 or be on the dean's list but like I'm still good at what I do and right. I struggled with that at first because it, like grades were always the validation in high school um and I am glad that it, that kind of shifted in college yeah I had a really similar I had a similar experience I think we are really similar students um, I'm not as cool as you are, but, um, I, I think that. that we are, we were really similar because I knew that I was a phenomenal teacher and I don't mean that bragging wise. And I don't even mean it skill wise. I just know that like sometimes there, my personality fits really well in the education box. Mm-hmm. And so whether that's good or bad, I don't know, but I knew that I was like very good at that. So I needed to do well enough that I knew my stuff passed all like the praxis and all of those tests. But I just needed to get into the room because I knew that, like, once I was in there, well, I thought that I could (laughs) woo people with my personality and my enthusiasm because you have the same thing. You're so enthusiastic and passionate about what you do. When I see you in the Hannaford parking lot and you're, like, yelling about birds, like, (laughs) I just know know that's going to be great. I will never forget being in the parent-teacher conference with your parents. And I, like, teared up and I was like, don't worry. She's going to change the world. I'm still doing it right now. Like, when I run into your parents at the transfer station, we're in line at the recycling thing, and we just, we literally just chit-chat about you for, like, 25 minutes, and everyone behind us is like, get out of the way, I have to drop off my cardboard. <laughs> like, it's the passion, you need to be passionate about what you do, and so I think college is such an important place to, to like, get the skills, but you can't let that st- 
stifle the passion mm-hmm. because you're so worried about the grade. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, you just got to work as hard as you can mm-hmm. to be able to do the thing you're passionate about. Definitely. And, like, I think a lot of my passion for what I do came out and, like, bloomed in college. But, like, if I hadn't had, like, that's one of the reasons I, like, talk about how great Erskine Academy is as a high school is because if I hadn't had you guys as the teachers that kind of, like, were, like, oh, this girl is, like, interested in something. Like, I remember when I realized I wanted to be in, in like, wildlife, and I was, like, I think I want to go to UMaine. Soul Man and I stayed after class and literally, like, looked up all the qualifications it takes to, like, go into wildlife at UMaine. Like, we literally found the curriculum and stuff. And, like, not all teachers would have done that. And then I went up to you and you're like, do you think you can do this? Are you going to put the time into AP? And I remember just being like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Because, like, I wanted to get to that point. And having those high school students that, like, yeah, some people are like, well, it's just high school. You're going to go to college and do other things anyway. But, like, having that little springboard to, like, be like, yeah, you can do it. And you're going to do fine. It's not going to be easy. But I think I would have been in a different position than I am now if I hadn't had such supportive teachers in high school. That's great. I'm, I hope that we make every student feel like that because that is what you need to like find the thing that you love. I was always like, when I remember talking to you about taking AP bio and I was like, I wasn't worried about you freaking out because I knew that, that it was bigger than the grade for you. Mm-hmm. A lot of students will come in and they'll be like, Oh, I don't know if I can do it, but they mean, Oh, I don't know if I can do it and get an A. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I don't give a rat's ass if you get an A. <laughs> Are you willing to do the work? And that's where it like really starts the training mm-hmm. for college because I, there's not a lot that you can get away with not doing anything in college. Right. Yeah, there was um, a couple times that after I was in a wetlands class um, with Lindsay my senior year, and she was like, if you guys didn't read, because we had like quizzes on the reading, she was like, don't waste my time trying to grade your bullshit of an exam if like she's like I know you didn't read you know you didn't read don't waste my time and there was one time I had a bunch of things going on didn't do the reading and I literally wrote on the exam like she there was like eight questions and I was like I didn't read because like me and Lindsay were like pretty close at that point and I was like I she's gonna be so pissed at me if I try and bullshit my entire way through this so I was like I didn't read and I was like super embarrassed about it at first but then I was like okay now I, I can you bet your ass I'm gonna read next time because like it just I think college definitely uh makes you kind of more accountable in some ways and not for everyone but for the people that are gonna get to that point it's I think it's good it's a life lesson in action and Mm -hmm. I have to say like in high school I could friggin shovel my way through anything you can just write words until someone takes the paper out of your hand and then you're like okay sure I probably did well on that and there's no way to get you cannot do that in a college science class, it's right. like, no, you're talking about nothing that has to do with that. We are all former <laughs> having read this. Like, this sucks. Uh, yeah. So I don't have a lot of other questions just because I really wanted this to be, like, a conversation about, like... This is dope. Yeah, I, I just wanted it to be fluid. But, so at the end of a lot of my podcast episodes, I've been playing uh, Would You Rather with the people oh, I've been. God, yeah, let's do it. Um, so I have um, three would you rathers um, right. for you. The first one is, would you rather have unlimited funds for any lab you want or be able to go on any field trips for your classes? Um, 100% unlimited field trips because if there's something that I regret as a science teacher, it's the fact that I don't go outside, which is horrible. I mean, I'm, I am ashamed of that. But within the like 80 minute block period, um, 
it is really hard to get adventures. And then if I take one class on a trip, um, then I'm not available for my other classes. Mm-hmm. And if I take a whole group of kids for a, like a day long trip, then they're missing other classes. And yeah. I under I think when I hear back from students, the things that they remember are like the non-traditional education stuff. So I know I'm missing out in that way. But if there was a magical way, like magic school bus, I swear to God, if I could be Miss Brazil and be like, to the bus, <laughs> pause time and like do every adventure in 75 minutes, I would, I would trade my budget for that in a heartbeat because budget wise, I don't, I don't spend a lot of money. We ha- I try to recycle materials and like grab stuff all the time. The only thing I really spend money on is like two AP labs. Like you remember like growing bacteria yeah. and like electrophoresis, but I do that because some of the results are dope, but also I need you guys to like try micro pipetting and like do these certain, right. you know, skills that are going to be important in college. Um, but everything else, like I buy at the grocery store, I try to do everything with like vinegar and baking soda and like eggs, like, you know, yeah. it's grocery store biology. So a, a budget, a, Erskine is very generous to us, like within reason, obviously, I don't think I've ever really been turned down, but I also don't ask for a lot. So I would take unlimited time to go on field trips, like, Oh, like in a millisecond. I like that. Um, my next one is if you couldn't teach high school students, would you rather teach like middle school students or freshmen and sophomores in college? Oh my God. What a question. Um, that's really interesting. So it takes a special weirdo to be a middle school teacher. And I mean that with like all of the love and respect that I have. And in my adventures, I feel like as a teacher, you can meet someone and be like, oh, you'd be a great middle school teacher. (laughs) So, like, I have worked at camps with those bad boys. And so I think there's a lot of, like, social development that I could be good at with them. It's not necessarily about science. But if it was about, like, science, I would love to teach freshmen and sophomores in college just because, like, I love teaching AP because you get to hang out with, like, I don't know, 10 seniors who understand a personality I can swear sometimes in class and not get fired um they're just more realistic I don't know things like that so I would say I don't have an answer but both have interesting qualities being in that AP class definitely like kind of like I think it was the first time I really like developed just like a more personal relationship with a teacher that like became like the normal thing in college like I had a lot of my professors like numbers and I could like text them questions about things or like Um, one of my most memorable, like, experiences with that was, it was my senior year, I was choosing between the job I have now and another one, and, um, I was like, yeah, I'll give you guys an answer, um, tomorrow, and I was, like, freaking out, and I was like, I don't know what to do, it was, like, 10 o'clock, I was stress cleaning my bathroom, and I was texting Lindsay, and I was like, I don't know what what I should do, like, the other job I haven't applied for, or, like, because it's not open yet, and she's like, well, I'm texting them right now, and if you want it, you can probably have it, but, like, if someone else better comes along, like, you need to be prepared for that, and you're not going to have a job. And I was like, ah, I don't know what to do. And so, like, I ended up going with the job I have now. And the next day, we had, like, an accepted student's day. And so mm-hmm. one of the parents was like, how close are the students with their professors? And Lindsay's like, well, Kelby was having a mental break. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, Kelby was having a mental breakdown last night to me. And, yeah, so she was talking to me about that. And I was like, first of all, you don't need to point that out. And second of all, like, I was just, it made me very grateful that, like, even though I'm, like, it's a giant school, but having those personal relationships with your teachers at any level, it just, it really makes a difference to have that kind of relationship. Yeah. I I think that, like, at Erskine, most of the students, like, know me, um, 
uh, like as a hum as a like they know of me i think my like my underclassmen students like know me as a teacher pretty well but mm-hmm. my ap kids like know me as a person like right. and and it, that is a little bit of a regret this year not having ap it's just kind of sad that i don't know there's just so you know you remember like there's there's just so much time that we're all struggling together. Like that's where bonding happens. Like yeah. when we can all be like, this sucks and then laugh <laughs> really loudly or like be elbow deep in frozen water trying to measure the enzyme activity of yeast or for catalase mm-hmm. and be like, my hand is broken and falling off. And it's like, okay, let's play a really stupid song. Like <laughs> that, is, that is the joy of like bonding with others and like forming relationships. And so, um, yeah, I think those college, those higher level academic places like really allow you to know people and I didn't like after I graduated from high school I didn't really talk to anyone from high school like after that except for like Caitlin and like I pretty much just like got a new like group of friends and was like I'm a different person um but the only person that like the only people that I really would like acknowledge when I saw them were like the kids I saw at AP bio like I see Colin or would see Colin and like we'd say hi and catch up and stuff or like Nick Young ended up being in one of um, my... Whales! Whales! <laughs> I still have a picture in one of my old notebook of him on a whale. It's the terrible, <laughs> like, the worst drawing on the planet. But, like, it's just, like, one of those things that, like, we didn't talk every day, but I was like, I can, you're a person that I can, like, talk to. You get in the trenches with them. Like, right. that's a fun you can never get get over. Or, like, I'd see um, Ethan, the one I called Matt, because he thought his name was Matt. <laughs> For the longest time, and like I tell my friends about that, and they're like, "What? Why did he accept you calling him Matt?" And I'm like, "I don't know, because AP Bio was weird, and like we just <laughs> got through it." Ivan, get over it. Leave me alone. Right. Um. So my last would you rather question is a more fun one. Um. Would you rather teach science at Hogwarts or in a futuristic world like Star Trek or like Star Wars, like that kind of genre? Do you want to guess? Because you know my answer. I'm pretty sure it's going to be Hogwarts. Obviously. Oh, my God. <laughs> to get my Hogwarts letter, even at the age of 35, would be, like, the blessing of the millennia for me. <laughs> no, I would. Um, I mean, like, okay, Star Wars, Star Trek, okay, I'm probably on a ship, and I can, like, beep, boop, whatever I want in front of me. But magic is where it's at. I want to live in a castle. Um, I think Hogwarts classes are actually pretty small if you do the math. Like, yeah. I often calculate how many kids are actually in the Hogwarts school because if you think about it, you're like, okay, so Harry has, like, five boys in his, like, Gryffindor class, so there's probably ten, like, year one Gryffindors times four is 40 times seven is, what, 280 kids, so that's, like, a smallish class. Yeah. Um, I could probably fly on my free time. Um, I don't know what I would teach. I Not potions maybe like professor sprout style mm-hmm. um but like it, it would just be dope just to hang out with those guys um wear a cool hat i bet it would be cold a lot but i would love to live in scotland oh my gosh i'm really yeah. into it right now i'm learning gaelic <gasps> that's so cool yeah it's on duolingo i just cracked it open yesterday it's really fun. <laughs> that'll be awesome yeah that's i cool. could i could see you as like a professor professor sprout style i feel like if you were teaching like kind of, like, the animal stuff that, like, uh, Hagrid was teaching, like, that would be quite the adventure and extremely entertaining. That would be really cool, too. Maybe I should do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, that would be really good. I think I have, like, the meanness to my core of Professor McGonagall, so I would, if I could be anyone, obviously I would do that. Um, but that would be great. I think the, the, the care of magical creatures would be really fun, too. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, maybe that's my jam. That's a really good call. <laughs> it's to be outside sometimes. Right. Party. Interesting field trips for sure. <laughs> you have the Forbidden Forest right there. Let's go <laughs> bring some unicorns. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> uh, well, that is all I have. I so appreciate you doing this. It's been great catching up and just talking because we haven't had like a long conversation probably since I graduated high school. And I know. This has been That's good. Awesome. And we need okay. to catch up more, not during yeah. the pandemic. <laughs> True. Yeah, get in touch with me time. I love you so much, and I'm so proud of you. I hope you understand that. I don't I don't contact students via social media. Like, I'm not friends with anybody because um, it's just pictures of my cats and, and home improvements. But, like, you are my <laughs> exception. Um, I am – you are my, like, beacon of light. Now that I know that you're working in Augusta, I'll start, like, harassing you to do stuff at Erskine. Be sure to tune in next week when I sit down with – past episode guests Kai Lima and Mike Terso as we talk about the ethics of birding. But until then, continue to make natural science part of your daily conversation. <laughs>